Hi, welcome to the Holding Hands and Throwing Fist podcast. I got the mic. I have the opinions. Today's episode is two R, R's for rear naked choke. This is statistically the most effective submission in mixed martial arts. It is completely dominant where you have your opponent's back and you can strike them and they really can't do anything significant in return. As they try to defend the strikes, this is the best opportunity to sink in the choke and finish it. Just get under the chin, babe. Get under the motherfucking chin. Rear naked choke is also one of the sexier names for a choke, I believe. In comparison to arm triangle and guillotine. <laughs> You're such a loser. <laughs> All right. I'm the loser. Meanwhile... We started off this episode with you beating up a pillow. Oh my god, you're, you're not using that. It's used. It's been used? It's been used. <laughs> oh dear. Alright. Let's move on. So a few weeks ago, we left you off thinking that something big was going to happen, and we did not deliver. <laughs> and we also kind of just like ignored that we ever said anything. <laughs> yeah. But thanks to you, the listeners, hitting us up and being like, hey, what the fuck? Um, we just wanted to clarify some stuff. So, uh, Niall McGrath is an Irish MMA journalist that was on a show called Eurobash that Anna and I loved, uh, and it was canceled by the parent company because of COVID layoffs. Um, so we talked to him on Twitter and he said that he was down to do the podcast and it just kind of fell through because of scheduling and us also being like really afraid of actually falling through on an awesome opportunity. I don't think it's over, over. It's definitely not. Niall, if you're listening, hit us up, bro. All right, I think that's a good segue into our top five. Top five of the week. All right, so let's start our top five with what just happened this past weekend on June 27th with UFC Fight Night. Cool. There were a bunch of good fights that most of us, uh, that we missed most of because we were at a social distance party for my cousin's graduation and birthday. And, and we if were... you know George's family, you know <laughs> there are just so few people. It's just easy to social yeah. distance ourselves. I mean, 40, 45 people ain't no big deal. <laughs> but we made it back in time for the last two fights and then saw all the highlights and all that other stuff. The main event, Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker, is a contender of fight of, uh, fight of the year for sure. Dan Hooker won the first two rounds, and Dustin came back to win the last three. Pretty amazing, pretty decisive. We were obviously rooting for Dustin Poirier. So happy to see him win. It was also one of those fights that it was just like a brutal kind of back and forth. And uh, you know that even though we love fighting, we hate seeing um, dog fights. But that's yeah. what it was, and it was great. Um, it was pretty nerve-wracking to watch. Both fighters went to the hospital after, and we just found out with all the media that happened the past couple days that they were placed in the same room with like a, just a thin sheet between, <laughs> between them. Uh, but there was some shit talking before the fight, and they actually used <laughs> after beating the fuck out of each other the opportunity of being in the hospital to kind of <laughs> between the sheet and being in pain to make up and um, say that they respected each other and move kinda on. I kind of want to clarify. I feel like the shit talking was from Hooker more than Dustin. Yeah. But. Still good to clear the air. And they're still buddy buddy now, so it's all good. All right, number two on our top five was another fight that I, I I have to take ownership over what I said. Mike Perry makes our top two, and he beat our boy Mickey Gall. It was actually really sad. Like, he just beat the shit out of him in every potential way um, in his post-fight 
press conference, Mike Perry started off by saying 100% of y'all was talking that mess online. Well, Mike Perry, I was definitely part of that 100%. I wasn't talking that shit online, but I was talking it. And I'm sorry, you you killed it. Along with starting his uh, press conference with John Anik with that, then he went on a rant in his post by... Uh, interview about how how the IRS shouldn't give him all this money if they're just going to take it back at the end of the year. And George is going to give you a little taste of Mike Perry, right? Her. Together, I got to pay some bills, pay some debts. Uh, I got to go talk to the tax folk and uh, see if we can run that number down because I believe I paid out, you know, over $100,000 last year between a couple different countries and then they trying to hit me again at the end of the year. It's almost like I don't even fight for minimum wage sometimes. So, and look, I ain't trying to be one of these guys asking for more money. I'm not. I'm asking for the government to stop taking so much of this. So, you know what I mean? Like, something got to work out. Maybe we put in contract that the taxes is paid when platinum gets paid. Like, when I get... That was amazing, as always. Mike Perry with the sound bites, and he wasn't cringeworthy this time. No, which is good. Uh, if you remember too, I just I just gotta shout it out that we talked about it last weekend. His girlfriend was in his corner, the only person who was in his corner, and he actually did really well. Like he fought a great fight. Mickey Gall is a legitimate. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and he had uh, Perry in some scramble situations that w- went for some submissions and Perry fought out of them really well um, someone some random person on Twitter I don't remember who but was like uh, Mike Perry not paying coaches mm-hmm. because there's no audience and he could just listen to what the commentators are saying is the most genius economic move in all of fighting seriously <laughs> and then disagree. during the fight all these other fighters were tweeting and now um, ESPN is putting it up in the corner, which I really love. All the other fighters retweeted, I'm just going to have my wife next time. Heck, I don't need anyone next time. <laughs> um, yeah, but speaking about money, let's get to number three in the top five. It's a new segment called the Anna Brennan Money Minute. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that this has made the top five. Yeah. Number three is really nice. I don't know anything about money. I don't care about money. Um and yet you made these notes in the show notes. And yet I made these notes. <laughs> I because I I because I don't know anything about money. I also have no concept of like what's a lot of money for these fighters to make. What's a little? Um, in one of our earliest episodes, I think I had just found out how much refs make and the judges make. And George was like, "Oh, duh!" And I was like, "Just." Didn't know. So anyway, when I saw these stats online, I thought they had to make our top five. So Mike Perry, who doesn't want the IRS to take all his money at the end of the year, he made $180,000 on that fight. Put some of that money away, Mike, because you're going to have to give it back. Um, Who he fought, Mickey Gall, only made $50,000, obviously, because Mike Perry got a fight bonus and was just making more to begin with. Dustin made 300,000 for his fight and he beat Dan Hooker who made 110,000. I think those numbers seem more fair for what these guys go through and mm-hmm. all the coaches and all the million other things that they have to pay for to be able to get into the octagon and fight. 
What I did, of course, think was interesting was the lowest salary of the night. Who's that? So there were several people, so it's not even who that matters. Babe, this is the money minute. It's about the money. Okay. So do you want to guess how much the lowest salary of the night was? I would say six and six. So tw- the winner won 12000 and the loser won 6000 No, 12 was the lowest. 12 and 12. Yeah. So the winner won 24 and the Yeah. yeah. I mean, $12,000. $12,000 after taxes, after paying for your camp and for your coach and what everything. What the fuck? Nothing. It's nothing. It's yeah. laughable. Anyway. Um, in, in like the big MMA capital main, mainstream media or whatever, capital M media, uh, they've been talking a lot about salary and all that and how this is a big uh, thing across the whole entire industry. So we're just starting here with the Anna Brennan Money Minute, and then we're going to start explaining more about money. And also, I'm going to start doing my own analysis. No, no, I'll be keeping an eye on these numbers. (laughs) (laughs) I'll crunch them, and then you run them. Perfect. All right, number four on our top five of the week is Fight Island. So you've heard us refer to it the past couple months uh, because of COVID. It became a necessity, basically, to get fighters from other countries who are outside of the United states to be able to easily fight so it's in an island off the coast of abu dhabi and um the ufc posted pictures this week because not this weekend which is fourth of july weekend but the following weekend july 11th is mm-hmm. it? uh shout out to lee happy birthday um <laughs> uh they, they'll be fighting at Fight Island, and the picture looks insane. It's literally an octagon on the beach outside. That was the first picture that they posted. Then they posted a second one where they kind of built this dome structure to house all the lights and everything. So there's rain, I think, maybe one or two days an entire year. But what about Abu the Dhabi. heat? Well, that's it. Yeah, how do you train? This is madness. How do you train for that? That's crazy. You better train in Brazil or something if you want to take advantage of that. It's insane. Um, they also posted this really weird trailer today that makes it look like a horror movie. They're really playing up the whole Fight Island thing. Um, so it's like juxtaposing the beautiful beach with the fighters, and then they they were accented with weird like vampire like creatures. Uh, pictures were awesome. Video That's not so much, stupid. but whatever. I'm so excited. I don't care. It's an awesome night of fights, and uh, there's gonna be a lot of fights in Fight Island in the next couple months. Yeah. Um. Babe, we're going to talk more about it next week during our super short preview because we're going to be on vacation. Um, But what fight are you most excited about, Fight? Man, I don't actually know which one I'm most excited for, but because I have to pick, I'm going to say Jan versus Aldo is the fight that I'm most looking forward to because even though Eurobash may be dead. I'm going to carry this yawn torch. Both Petey Carroll and Niall loved Peter Yawn, and I want Peter Yawn to beat Aldo so he can go on to fight Aljo. Cool. For the belt. Cool. Let's clarify. It's for the fucking it's gotta belt, be for the finally. Belt. No questions asked. Um, I'm excited for... I just want to see Kamaru Usman. He's been <laughs> so dominant the past couple fights. Um, and also, Kamaru Usman used... Uh, actually still technically is training partners with Gilbert Burns. Uh, Maybe a little rocky relationship now since they're going to be fighting, but I'm really excited for that fight. Usman's been so dominant, and so many people have talked shit about him that, like, I just want to see how he comes out and actually performs, so. True that. All right, rounding out our top five is getting away from, like, the actual fight cards. Um, I think you all know we love Woodley. We wanted him to win so bad. 
he just can't though <laughs> i don't know there's something there's something off there but um he had this quote that i really liked you could react to it as part of the top five if you'd <gasps> like uh, but maybe not this is my this is my number um it. so woodley said if you lose a fight <laughs> you don't be coming out of the gate like you ain't really in a position to call anybody out you kind of just got to take a seat, sit down, be humble, get back on the grind, get ready to beat somebody up. But you don't really get to call the shots like that. At least I don't think you should. Some people do. You know who you are. End quote. End quote. So we got the Anna Brennan money minute and then also Anna Brennan reads tweets. <laughs> Listen, killing the game here. I, I love that attitude. I wish more fighters had that attitude. Just because you lose doesn't mean you're like fucking out sitting under a rock but also maybe shut the fuck up yeah i mean that's one of the great things about mma as opposed to boxing right like boxing everybody fetishizes the undefeated record and being 38 and 0 40 and 0 or whatever and you have all these padded stats but in the ufc they do not give you easy fights ever and you could lose and still come back and build your fan base dustin poirier was just talking about how he got to that next level after he lost to Conor McGregor and after he lost mm-hmm. uh, again the two times after that. I think he lost to Michael Johnson and maybe someone else. Oh, Khabib. Yeah. Because each time he loses, you know what? People can relate to that. We fucking, we're all a bunch of losers in this world. But also losing and being humble in defeat. Yeah. So. Getting up and trying to win again. Yeah. So we can't wait to see you again, Woodley. So, yeah, great fight last week. Nothing really going on in the next two weeks, but big, big international fight card, Fight Island, in two weeks. So we're super excited. And, um, yeah, that's it for today, I think. You got anything else, Ben? Nothing else. I think we're good. All right, hit us up if you guys got any questions. Uh, Love you all. Hope you're enjoying the beginning of summer because it's still the beginning. And this episode is brought to you by uh, Luca, my godson who turned one on Monday. I love you very much.